Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love. Love is here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned. How to help people the Lord's way and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Hello, Pastor Deborah here. And boy, have I got something for you today. Not only are we here in the garden teaching, but now, spiritually, I am standing before the entire world, the United Nations of Nations. This was in a dream I had last night. Oh, I was started to talk about one particular nation, was invited. And then I was taken up to the United Nations front so I could get used to standing before all of you. Yes, in the Spirit. So today this teaching is to you, the United Nations of the world. And I come to you as a politician, not only a pastor, a shepherd, but a king of a kingdom that's not of this world. That's in the realm of the spirit where you are today. Where you are ambassadors yourself in. You are most likely in the kingdom of darkness's government. One of ignorance. But I've come to you today to help you. To speak to you. On very personal things that affect all of humanity. And I come on behalf of the earth itself. As you know, it's speaking to us. The earth is talking to us. We are claiming that mankind is behind all this climate change. We are. But not the kind of way that you think. Through carbon emissions that's not it the earth was given power long time ago in its early days of creation it doesn't like our violence our killing of each other and our babies our stealing and our trafficking of our children it does not like you killing animals and torturing them for sexual enhancement it doesn't like you eating them for pleasure or capturing wild animals as trophies so you can be the great hunter. He doesn't like you abusing and fighting them and rings for money. He does not like you abusing and torturing them in any way. He does not like you polluting the oceans with your oil and your plastics. It does not like the violence in your heart against your neighbor and itself. 
Oh, it is speaking to you. It is rising up with all the power that it has. And it has just begun. It won't tolerate us who live on it to continue to live the way we are. So I've come as its voice. And all of the little ones who never get a chance to come out of the womb. Because they're killed. Murdered. Aborted. I come on behalf of all the little children who are abused and taken and trafficked, sold. I come on behalf of all the women who deal with violence, dishonor, and respect. I come on behalf of all men who live in great fear of not being in power, who desire to serve and have honor, no matter no matter what cost it takes. Who will kill their own children. Sacrifice anything and everything. I come on behalf of all of humanity to you today. To teach you. To speak to you. This gathering of United Nations. And all of the governments. And all of its leaders. Pastor Deborah is a shepherd. A mighty king, as some of you are finding out. I am an ambassador of another kingdom. You don't own this earth. You are to be a shepherd and a steward of it. It's not your territory. It was given to you to shepherd. But you're not doing it right. So today, this message is to you. And I know you're here because I know I was given that message. You would be here today. And as I stand and teach as a pastor and a shepherd and a politician to you. About this verse. Isaiah 61 verse 8. Where it says, I the Lord, the King of the kingdom of heaven. The great I am, the creator of all creation. The earth itself. And all of its laws gravity and force of all of its nature and creatures and viruses it doesn't matter if you took the COVID from a monkey and genetically re-engineered it it doesn't matter you didn't create the virus you didn't create the bat that it came in you didn't even create the brain that you use to do the re-engineering You think your governments will stand against mine? Don't think so. I come in love to you. To help you change. To think differently. To have different concepts about life. The earth. Yourself and your neighbors. Isaiah 61 verse 8. Is one of the many teachings. And I'm going to teach you today. Because I know you're here. I know I'm standing in the spiritual place of the United Nations. Oh, it's not there in New York City. That's just the earthly thing. Mm -hmm. That's not where it's at. It's somewhere in the realm of the spirit. I am standing in the very synagogue of Satan today. Talking to you. That's right. You don't even have to come into the garden. I am expanding it out today. Into the synagogue of Satan himself. 
while you're in prayers, while you're in your cabinet meetings, you will know that there's something wrong. You won't be able to concentrate. I am talking to you. If you're sleeping, you're in the Garden of Eden with me, in the kingdom that I come from. But today I'm going to teach you. I'm going to talk to you. So put your listening ears on. Open your heart and your mind to Isaiah 61 verse 8 as we are working through it to help us, all of humanity and even the earth and the animals, all of creation itself. As you know, some of you don't know me. I'm Pastor Deborah of Agape Love. Love is Here Ministries, a global spiritual teaching ministry. Today we're going to continue on where we were. I want all of you that have not heard the other ones of Isaiah 61, you go back to the section on YouTube or the website to Global Teleministry section and follow them out. Pastor Deborah always opens up with prayer. Even a king is a politician. A government leader should open every session, every meeting, every cabinet meeting with prayer. So let's begin. We're in our cabinet meeting. And you guys just listen. Father of the great kingdom of heaven, the great I am, Emmanuel, in man was God. To the great Father in the sky, the great spirit that provided all of creation with life. We call upon you today to lead Pastor Deborah, to anoint her words, to speak and look out upon your place, your people that you desire to love so much, and your earth that you created that's groaning and moaning to you, for it's being abused and misused. It's under the subjugation of pride and vanity of Satan, the God of this world, that controls the kingdom of darkness. Father, speak to the earth today, to all the animals. Give them hope that your kingdom is here. Your government is back. It's ruling and reigning, not as it should be, but hopefully through these lessons, these teachings, through Isaiah 61 and all that Pastor Deborah preaches teaches on the earth will find peace and hope humanity will learn to love each other and goodness and mercy the evil and the wickedness that goes on in every nation every government you corrupt individuals father our leaders are not what they're supposed to be help us father to be better than what we are To become all that you created us to be. Destroy that dark, evil, wicked, corrupt soul and image and likeness we've become. Create and birth in us a new, beautiful image. As you brought a caterpillar out of a cocoon to be a beautiful butterfly. As you bring a baby out of the womb. As you bring a a little animal out of its egg. 
as you bring a seed up and out as a tree to produce fruit. Help us, Father, to be life-giving spirits. Through Isaiah 61, verse 8, part 9. Help us, Father. We need all the help you can give us. For we are a mess. We have destroyed your beautiful earth. And we are destroying each other. There's so much violence of words and actions and deeds. Help us, Father, through your teaching of your words of spirit and truth to deliver us and set us free so that we may become the nation, the people that you always desired us to be and that the earth can be freed and delivered from its subjugation to the heart and the image of Satan. Amen. Pastor Deborah, if you don't know, always, always begins with a couple of scriptures. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. As you notice, things seem to be concealed. How do we solve COVID-19? How do we fix nations and people? How do we fix a nation that's divided, that's in violence and rioting? How do we fix corrupt politicians and leaders? How do we stop the trafficking of children and animals for sex and money? How do we stop illegal migration coming into nations and breaking in? How do we fix the home nations that aren't taking care of their people? We're in a mess. And God says, I have the answers, but I must hide them from you. But if you will seek, and you will search, and you will come to me as a king, as a ruler, as a politician, humble in heart, knowing you don't have the answers. Science doesn't have the answers. Only I have the answers. If you will come to me as a king, to your king, And you will bow yourself on your knees to me. Not to Satan, the God of this world, or the king of the darkness. Which means ignorance. If you will come to me as a seeker of truth, willingly. Desiring to know how to help people my way. How to help the earth my way. That is your glory then, to search this out. I will bring you the answers. So come and search as kings and explorers. Travel, look, ask. The answers are there, he says, but you must search for them. All right. Now, let's get into Isaiah 61, verse 8, part 9. This one has been a wild one. It's been wonderful. I don't think it will ever end, but I know it will. But it's so deep. And it says in verse 8. And I the Lord. Your righteous and glorious deliverer. Your judge and healer. The lamb of sacrifice. Your father. Your neighbor. Yeah God's our neighbor. The righteous one of your ancestor. The great spirit in the sky the great God of your beginnings 
will come to you. We'll help you. No matter where you are. Even here in the synagogue of Satan. The United Nations. Where the, the one is trying to gather you guys together. Like a, little chickens under the wings of a mama chicken. He's going to try to get you. So you will all submit for whatever reasons just to him. That he will be able to control the whole world. Well, what world is that? Not the earthly world. You will see the results of his control. We see it in wars and diseases and famines, corruption. But he's after the spirit. He wants your spirit who I'm talking to to serve and worship him this God of this world of darkness and ignorance you might not know his name yet but his name is Satan it means adversary of God the great I am he's against everything that this great I am the great Jehovah Yahweh is so if you hear of a God of love, he's a God of hate. If you hear he's a God of peace, now they take peace. And you know how in some faiths and religion, they will have peace and they're for peace. Only when the whole world believes the way they do. Whether they have to kill you if you refuse, force you through fear of death, they'll be at peace then. What's sort of going on here in America right now? There is a lot of turmoil. And the only way that these rioters and these violent people will stop is if everybody bows to their demands, changes the laws, and everybody votes their way. And you don't have this godly system that was set up by the Constitution. And until their ways are met there's no peace and there's no it's just violent but they blame those who are following the constitution they're the problems so we'll have peace if we do it if you submit we saw this with Hitler you can either voluntarily surrender your nation to them for them to control or we'll fight and kill you to get it but we're going to come after your land, your government, your rulership, your money, your arts, your people, your children. You can either fight us and we'll kill you. Or we'll just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and tearing the country and the nation apart. If we cannot use uh, brainwashing, propaganda to change you, to get you to submit... And to think on other people as your enemy. We'll just keep going. So God is saying. That he is not the God of that kind of stuff. But there is a God. He's called Satan the adversary. And that's where we are today. We are in his kingdom. I'm out of the safety of the kingdom. But I'm also in the garden. I can be in too many places at once spiritually. 
Don't know how that works. That's up to God. He can take my spirit and he can take it. So I'm in the garden, but I'm in the synagogue of Satan today. I'm in Satan's United Nations. And I'm talking to all of you. We're in general session. I'm in, I'm in every board meeting. I'm in every dream right now. I'm on everybody's mind. Right now. Deep in the spirit. The soul doesn't know it. But the spirit does. He says, no matter where you are, I will direct your work. We've got some work to do. Out of captivity. Out of ignorance and darkness. And back onto the path of light and truth. Then to help you to renew and to redeem. To redeem, to renew, and to restore your ancient, long-forgotten work. You can't even work if you don't know who you are. You have deeds to do. You have a purpose here on earth. So many people don't know what their purpose is. Why was I born? Is this what I'm to do? Is this all there is? Is there not more? Somebody has stolen that knowledge from you. There's called a thief and a robber. That's in the previous portion of Isaiah 61 verse 8. About the thieves of this. I've got work for you to do in the spirit. Just like I'm doing right now. And in truth. But he says, I, the Lord, here in verse 8, will direct your work in truth. So let's get into this a little deeper. We had been working out of the scriptures of the Holy Bible, of the authorized King James Version. We are in John six twenty-five through 66. This was a book that was written by the youngest disciple of this Christ Jesus called John. Now, at the time that all of this was going on, they only had the Old Testament to look at to review, to understand everything from. That is why it is vital for you to study the Old Testament in its completeness. Now, most of us don't read Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic, but we have a teacher that will help us. So, the Old Testament is what tells us what's coming, what will be. It speaks of the whole redemption and it talks about this and that's where Isaiah he was a prophet remember and he got words from God or dreams or visions God had to work with people he's trying to help us he had sort of been kicked off the planet he had been kicked out of the human nature due to sin but he says my goals and purposes stand I have not changed I want humans down here and in their spirit I want my Holy Spirit so I can communicate with them we can be in partnership together with them we can work together they can understand me I can talk to them in the unseen spiritual realm and then we will live it out express it out through our souls and out into nature so nature is waiting for us and I just put am working on putting up a great story called Dr. Doolittle and Narnia And it is about how all of nature and animals started helping me because I had been praying for them because they had been so abused 
so so misused by so many people. And I had loved on them through tears and praying for them, for God to have mercy on them. And I rose up as a son of God who could help them come out from the subjection to Satan and his vanity and his lust and his hate. Because they too and the earth are under that. And it is our responsibility as shepherds and kings to help the earth and the animals. So what happened was, uh, go read that story. It's called Dr. Doolittle and Narnia. Whoops, I thought that was a cat running by outside. We're still cleaning up after Hurricane Sally. Uh, I think today is September the 30th. Time you get this, it might be a couple months later. Because I'm trying to record and get ahead. I got new leadership classes to do. New setting the captives. I'm going to teach on the very book that I got learned and started on. Called Strong Man's His Name. What is his game? It's how I got started in helping people the Lord's way. The book is written by the Robertsons. They were out of California, I think. Uh, They were Assembly of God ministers. I don't know if they're still alive. Their books are still in bookstores, and you can still buy them. But we'll go through that. That will be on another uh, video that's got to come up, and many, many more I'm working fast as I can go and resting and cleaning the yard and taking care of family and dogs so let's get back here alright so we were in John six twenty five through 66 we had just talked about how this young man named Christ Jesus remember all of this is in relationship to Isaiah 61 verse 8 about how he the Lord will direct our work in all truth. And we were learning what this directing was, what this work was, how he was doing that, how he still does it. What is this work that we're to do? And what had happened, many thousands of people had, if not millions, had just listened to Jesus talk out in the wilderness for two or three days. And they were hungry and thirsty, and they didn't have any food. So a young boy brought some loaves of bread and fishes, and Jesus prayed and blessed them, and poof, they multiplied. Now, the multitudes did not know how that happened, did not see or hear it. They just got the benefits of it. They would reach in and get a loaf of bread, and they kept coming. And when it was all over with, there were 12 baskets full of leftovers so their biological bodies had been fed they were happy free food now they thought this young man was the king that was to come to kick the Romans out of Israel and that he was to be a prophet that heard from God so somehow he must have been in connection with this God so let's go find him they wanted to take him and sort of kidnap him and make him king of Israel. But that's not how, what Jesus was after. So he left, went up in the woods, mountains, disappeared. Left his disciples there on the beach or wherever. They decided to go and say, well, he's not coming back. So they got in a ship, crossed over the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias to go the other side. 
halfway over, this Jesus comes walking to them on the water. They had never seen that. Freaky out. That's exactly right. When you see somebody walking on water. We now call that in the occult world levitation. And you'll see some magicians try to do it. In the occult world, using demonic spirits, they can levitate. Mm -hmm. Chairs, people, all kinds of things. So everything that Jesus did, this Satan... This adversary of God says, I must do it also. But I will use my demonic spirits to do that. Because the human soul wants to see signs and wonders, powers and magic. Because it's supernatural. And they want to believe that the person doing it is some supernatural, magical person. In contact, a prophet with a God. That's normal. So Satan learned how to do it. So you have to be very careful. And there is a spirit uh, test. You must try every spirit. See what's going on. Alright. So what happened was. <clears throat> they got. Uh, the, the followers who ate the foods. These multitudes. They wanted more. So they crossed the bit. And they found him. Crossed the Sea of Galilee. Found Jesus and said. Hey. We want some more. He says, whoa now, wait a minute. You're only following me because you want free food. How many of you vote for politicians or leaders because of free things they offer you? Or they take everybody else's money, not theirs, through taxes. And they give you a free phone, free health care. But it's not really free because the only money any government has is either what it borrows from another nation or a bank, then it's in debt to them, or it taxes the people. The government is the middleman, the disperser of money. Sort of a money launderer, that's all. It has no money of itself. And in every country, the very wealthy, they, find, they pass laws so they don't have to pay any taxes, or very minimal. So the government itself does not have any money to give you the free stuff. But these politicians and leaders will promise you they will get it from the wealthy, but they don't. And the average people have to pay more. They'll steal it from you. In some nations, they will come and take private land, private this, private that, take it from you, sell it to get money. Or they'll go the other way of communism and socialism and claim that every business, every bit of money, everything, every animal belongs to the government. We see that back in the uh, days in England when there was Robin Hood and the kings claimed all the stuff. Which is sort of the right pattern of a king. Because my king owns everything. He created it. Right of creation. But he gave mankind the shepherding of it, the management of it, and we have not done very So these multitudes followed this Jesus to get more free stuff. And what happened was, they wanted to do a work. What did you do? What spell did you do? What magic words? Did you sprinkle some fairy dust on there? How about some sage? Did you do an incantation over the thing to multiply it? 
What did you do? Teach us how to do that work so we can get free stuff. That was what was in their head. And this is where we're going to pick up today on this teaching. Verse 28. Okay, It says, What shall we do that we might work? Do what you did. Multiply that food. Get the free stuff. These works, these deeds of God that gave us this free stuff. Heal people maybe. Get a new car. In the occult world, like if you want something done, you pay somebody. They might kill a chicken, do a spell. You might uh, go to a witch. You might go to uh, somebody that's got some kind of power from a god to help you. And that's what they're asking him. And verse 29 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. Okay. Getting into Isaiah 61 verse 8. That you believe on him. That be. You believe on this Christ Jesus. The son of the living God. The son of man. Whom he. The great I am. Jehovah. Yahweh. Has sent. Now that did not line up with what they wanted. He's just telling them to believe on me. That's all. And they go, huh? But we got free food. You did something. Show us how to do this. He says, that's the work you got to do. Pastor Deborah had to learn that. The work is to believe that this great I am, this Jehovah, Yahweh, great spirit in the sky, the creator of all life, even the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, who was the God of Ishmael, the God of the Egyptians, Akhenaten, the sun God, the great I am, the only one God, that he sent this Christ Jesus as his son, his offspring. It's like we believe in the son because of the rays that are coming. We can't look directly at the sun with our natural eyes. We'd be burned up. We would go blind. But we see the rays coming down. Coming down to the earth. Believe that coming from this God down to earth, the rays, that is this Christ Jesus. I am him. I'm coming off of him. I'm an offspring, an offshoot shining out from that center that deep God that's the work you to do can you imagine what these people thought this guy's nuts and that is not what we were asking and verse 30 and they said therefore unto this young man what sign show you then so that we may see and believe you he just did what But they didn't see that that sign was to help them believe that he was who he said he was. What do you work? What do you do? He just gave them some free food. All our politicians and leaders said, hey, believe in me. Re-elect me. Believe I can do it. Look what I just did for you. I gave you free medical. I gave you free this and free that. 
That's what you believe in. And that takes us up. So they're questioning, which is a good thing. Their brains, their earthly biological brains, their soul, it's trying to figure this out. He isn't talking in a language they understand, the carnal world. He's talking about unseen spiritual things, a God they can't see, a God they don't know. They've had no contact with. They're not in. They don't talk to. Oh, they go into his temple. But there is no communication. Because God is only interested. This God of this young man. The great I am. Is only interested in your spiritual worship. And your spirit worshiping him. He don't look at your flesh. You don't look at your earthly dancing. You don't look at your good works done through your flesh. Because it could all be created and designed by your soul. I have this person I was working with. And here's what she would do. When I see a need, that's her earthly eyes and her biological brain, seeing somebody that needs help, I just get into action and do it. What do they need? A ride. They need some toilet paper, hand towels, food, a ride to the doctor. When I see a need, it was all in the soul. She wasn't told by God. God did not direct her. There are some people God does not want you to help, even though they're asking. Because God is after the spiritual things your spiritual sight your spiritual sicknesses from there when that's healed and your mind is he'll work through the soul but you can be somebody who helps people you your soul loves helping people but it's just the flesh so these guys are asking us show us a sign he just did but they didn't see it Science is trying to tell us that all of nature, all the animals, all of humanity, all the viruses, the gravity, the earth, the water, got created by something called evolution. It just sort of evolved, (coughs) excuse me, by chance and time, things kind of, there was no intelligent designer. Do you really believe that? That even amoebas... Bacteria and viruses in certain animals, mold and mildew and the winds and the rains, the magnetic field around the earth, the star. Do you really believe that they just sort of came together with no design, nobody behind it? Well, that's what the theory of evolution, remember it's a theory, it's not proven, says. But they teach it as fact. They also teach that humans came from monkeys. They can't find the link. But it's a theory. Now do you want to believe that your ancestors weren't monkeys? There's nothing wrong with a monkey. They're supposed to be monkeys. But they're not supposed to be us. And if you believe you came from a monkey... Then you didn't come from the Heavenly Father, the Great I Am, Jehovah Jireh, the Great Yahweh. 
in his image and likeness. So who do you think is trying to get you to believe that you are just an animal? In mental health counseling, believe it or not, there are many theorists and great psychologists who believe we are just an animal. And you can train us through punishment or pleasure or food to do exactly what somebody else wants done. Mm -hmm. Called behavioral therapist. And they do that a lot. In training people. Now you can have your soul can act as a beast or an animal. In its thoughts and concepts. And you can do things as animals do. If you look at the animal kingdom. You'll learn a lot about yourself. But you're not. But your soul can be beastly. It can think as an animal. It can be vicious. can be mean. Even when you have sex. Sex in the animal kingdom is different. Okay? It's from the backside. That's animal sex. Okay? So what a lot of people believe that uh, there's no signs out here for us to see, to believe in this God, this Jesus, this Christ, the the spirit realm. A lot of people do believe in it. They're having near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, dreams are coming. Some little children see and hear in the spirit very easily. So these guys were saying, what work do you do? Give us a sign that we may believe you. This takes us off to Matthew 12:38. Then certain of the scribes, the religious lawyers of the law of Moses. We have those in every denomination, every faith, every belief. The scribes are your lawyers. Mm-hmm. Politicians, law schools. And of the Pharisees saying, Master, we would see a sign from you. We want to see a sign. Prove yourself. Now, this young Jesus had already been through this test. When he first went into the wilderness at age 30, he had to pass some tests directed by God, led by the Holy Spirit, and directly against Satan. And one of the tests for this young Jesus Christ in the wilderness was show us a sign that you are who you are. Change, you're hungry, aren't you, buddy? Satan said. Change that rock right down there. I know you can do it into bread. Feed yourself. Feed your earthly hunger. Feed your biological body. Show a sign that you are who you say you are. Then again, this Satan going to test you again. He's going to test you in the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and your pride of life. So Satan then comes to this young Jesus and said, Hey, why don't you throw yourself off this high temple? I just took you there spiritually. The word says, this is a challenge to the word, that if you do that, the angels will. Because you're who the Son of God, they'll stop you and catch you. 
But that's not what the word said. The word actually said if you accidentally, just walking along doing your work, you stumble and fall. Now that can mean you give way to a belief or a concept. You get on a dark road or something. By mistake, you don't do it purposely. You will be helped. Then the third challenge, the third test, that Satan, who's a legalist, believe it or not, he's a lawyer, he knows the word. He says, oh, you see all those places over there, all that glory and nation, I'll give them all to you. You can own them, have all the money, the people, the cattle, you can own everything. You just got to bow down and worship me. And what was Jesus' response? You need to worship the Lord, your God, Satan. So Satan had already been challenging this young Jesus. So Jesus was familiar with test and being questioned and having to show a sign of who he was. So in 1 Corinthians 1, 20-22, listen to this. Where is the wise... Where is the scribe? He was considered very wise. Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Think about that. The wisdom of this world. How you solve problems. How you fix nations. How you fix the planet. How you help people. He says, I'm going to make all of your wisdom foolishness. Verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Okay? So the wisdom of this world makes it so you don't know the wisdom of God. You're in darkness and ignorance. That's why Pastor Deborah and many others teach on social media. Give the word to you. Okay? It, it says in verse 19, for it is written. This is what was written. I, Jehovah, the great I am, Yahweh, will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Verse 19. For it is written. This is what he says this it is about. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. These lawyers and scribes. And will bring to nothing. The understanding of the prudent. So he is saying. My wisdom and truth is going to overcome yours. You think you got some knowledge. You think you know, multitudes, what the work is. But you don't. You think you know what where mankind came by, but you don't. You think you know about nature and pollution and COVID, and where, but you don't. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to bring it down to nothing. Verse 21. Now remember, this is all how he is directing us. First he tells us, you're in darkness. Your wisdom is foolishness. It's not truth. I have to destroy that first. And you have to recognize that you don't know what you don't know. And that you need some other wisdom and counsel and truth. 
to get out of this mess. Verse 21. It, this destroying the wisdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness of this earthly carnal flesh world. Please God to destroy it. Make it foolishness. By the foolishness of preaching and teaching and speaking to them that believe. Through teaching and talking, visions and dreams, not through signs. He said, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to bring down your knowledge, your beliefs, because it's foolishness. Verse 22. For the, the Jews, they seem to require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. So everybody needs something different to believe in this Christ Jesus. To do this work. To see beyond the signs and the wonders. Did you know there are Jewish occultic people? Mm-hmm. Most certainly. Now let's get back to John six twenty-five through 66. So what we've learned is he has to direct your path in believing something. In truth, he has to destroy the truth you believe in. But he's not going to do it through signs and wonders. He's going to do it through teaching and pray. Like even if he comes to you in your dream, he's going to talk to you. He's coming through Pastor Deborah and talking and many other preachers and teachers of his word. In every religion and faith, we have learned people teaching you. But a lot of times they force it on you. On your soul and your physical body to be in a place that I just saw a wonderful thing on some Orthodox Jews. And they go back and forth trying to get into a transcendental meditation, which means they want to get off in the spirit. They want to leave their body. They want to get out of their soul. So they're rocking back and forth. And when you rock back and forth like this. And you chant or hum. You put your brain's chemistries into a trance. And it's sort of a way of getting out of your body. In a weird way. So everybody for some they're trying to bow. But God is not interested in what your physical body does. He's not interested. He just, he sees the heart cries, but the way you're trying to do it to reach him. It's your spirit. And most people's spirits are still dead to him. Because they don't believe. They don't do this first work. Most of the Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to come. They don't believe that this Christ Jesus was him. The Islamic people believe he's a teacher and a prophet, but they're not the son of God because this Allah has no family, no children. Couldn't be. No offspring. You're just supposed to submit and serve and do. If you want blessings, if 
you want to get to paradise. If you as a man want 72 virgins. But what about the females? Who would these virgins be? Would they be angels you would be having sex with? What about the women? Do they get 72 male virgins? Or do you not care? Did Muhammad not care about the women? And what they get in paradise? Just questions to ask. Verse 31 of John six twenty-five through 66. Our fathers, these are these multitudes talking to Jesus, who were saying, did not these people, they said our fathers, who were in the wilderness after coming out of Egypt, these people were saying, they did eat manna, they ate food, bread sort of like coriander, that was left on plants and on the ground in the morning after the dew had left. They ate this earthly food, this nutrition, in the desert. And this was after their great deliverance. They got hungry from ancient Pharaoh, Ramses II. As it was written in Moses' book, he gave them bread, a sign from God to sustain them from heaven to eat. That's what Moses said. So they believed that their ancestors had eaten bread from heaven to sustain them. So they're thinking, we got this physical coriander, this earthly food that sustained us earthly, earthly, and Moses told it it came from heaven. Now remember, a lot of people, heaven is a spiritual realm, way on up here unseen. But it's also the earthly atmosphere around us where the winds and the seeds and the sky are. Verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Uh But... What he's saying is this manna did not come from Moses, but from God it came. Out of the unseen kingdom of God, heaven, and was only earthly food. Verse 32, but my father... He's claiming this God of Moses, this God who gave that earthly food, that's his father. This is what the big deal was for the Jewish people. They didn't believe that God had any children. Even though Genesis back, they must not have read Genesis 1.26, where it said, I will make man in my image. And then early other places, you will be my royal family. I want children. I guess they didn't see that. But my father gives you the true bread. See, there's bread from heaven, this coriander that fed your physical body. And there's this true bread from heaven, this manna. Two different kinds of bread, two different kinds of heaven, he's saying. Oh dear, there seems to be this mixture that these people were trying to understand. We ate, our fathers ate bread, coriander. We survived. We ate earthly food from heaven. Moses told us. But now you're telling us there's a true bread from heaven and it wasn't that coriander. We are now confused. Good. 
He's starting to destroy that earthly wisdom you have. Because these people were murmuring and complaining in the desert. They were hungry. They were starving. They went to Moses and he went to God. And God says, okay, I'll feed them earthly food. Because they were only earthly creatures. Now Moses had a different relationship with this God. That's what I started learning. That God has relationships at different levels. If you look at earthly people, the child in the womb has a relationship to the mother, but not really the father. It comes out, it's still the mother. She must feed it from her breast, and it must look in her eyes. There is this deep relationship between mother and child. The worst abuse that you can ever do is a mother to abort, reject, kill her own child, no matter how it got there. And to neglect and to be angry and to be intolerant of this baby. Eventually the baby has a relationship with the father and throughout its life the relationship grows, it waxes, it wanes, it grows stronger, deeper, it changes. So he is telling these people that that <coughs> excuse me, bread that Moses got you who had a relationship the best he could in the flesh. He was still a dead spirit. God was not in him yet. He couldn't be. But he was talking to him. could talk to him in dreams. He could show up in plants and that were on fire. He, all kinds of things. And he is saying there's two kinds of bread. The earthly bread that you got and this true bread. And they go, what do you mean? We are confused. He said, good, I am shaking you. I am rattling your wisdom. I've got to destroy it with truth. I've got to shatter your thoughts and your beliefs that there's only one kind of manna, one kind of bread, one kind of heaven. This is what's going on. He said, I have to destroy this foolishness you believe in to get to the deep spiritual realm. What do you mean this true bread from heaven? And he goes, sir, we are thoroughly confused. And he goes, good. He's attacking, as we see, with words, new ideas, new concepts. He's talking to dead carnal spirits that are asleep. He's talking to the soul. The soul doesn't understand. Because to the soul, this spiritual stuff is foolishness. If he can't see it, taste it, feel it, touch it with his biological body. If it's not a part of his satanic image and nature, he don't believe it. He goes, remember, these words are about how God says here in verse 8 that he would direct our work, which we are not sure what is yet. But he told us it's believing in this Christ Jesus. Well you can't even believe what somebody says. Till you believe who he is. And that he's telling you the truth. And he said my work in verse 8. Is to direct your path. Direct this work of believing. By truth. Let's keep listening to some more scriptures. And he will keep helping us. 
to understand his words about Isaiah 61 verse 8 verse 33 okay for the bread of God is he this is Jesus what manna bread is a he we thought it was this coriander he's saying no this true bread from heaven now is a he oh can you imagine the headaches they're oh my gosh it's a person now we ate the surely we didn't eat this person we were eating coriander we made bread okay now we're really confused that's good for what you've learned and you have lived and believed in your whole life it must come down if you're going to take a step deep into the spiritual realm and believe spiritual unseen things of another land another kingdom this confusion will come it will hurt your head you might get sick at your stomach you might throw up you might get angry because you're being challenged bread manna food is a person makes no sense that's what they're thinking and you're probably thinking the same thing which comes down from heaven I don't see people falling in the rain or the snow I don't understand the thing you're saying that makes no sense a man that says he is bread food and nourishment and is manna to us from heaven this is just too much to believe is true this is a total different concept but now we're seeing verse 8 how he will direct us our believing in truth he challenges our thoughts our beliefs our concepts our principles experiences we've had he brings challenge to us and inside is turmoil when I worked with that lady who would say when I see a need and I would say honey don't matter what you see it's a matter of what he tells you to do you don't decide even though you see it you must wait for him to tell you maybe that need that you see is a result of a curse maybe they are being punished they are in time out maybe this is the result and God is trying to reach them not that he caused it but he is trying to get their attention through it sometimes these needs are brought on by Satan started talking to her about this she would get angry with me mad with me challenge me and I would tell her it's flesh you're just looking with your carnal eyes you must look with the eyes of the spirit of Christ you must see spiritually she said I don't but I can see with my natural they need a ride to the doctor so I to make myself feel good that I am loving my neighbor I will take care of it okay 
So these people were saying, this is too much for us. They're getting angry, upset. A person, you say, that we know came out from the womb of Mary? You're telling us you came down from heaven. That don't make sense to us. They don't have the concept yet of Christ inside the dirt body of Jesus. Christ, the anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Messiah, the Christ that they were waiting for. The Spirit they were waiting for. The Son of Man. They don't have that yet. These words didn't seem to be leading them to this true reality but they were this was God directing them through challenging them challenging their ideas their concept with one little statement and then the wars going on up here oh the soul was having all kinds of trouble remember the spirit's dead to God it cannot hear God cannot understand it, it might be blind death can't talk in a trance sleep so how could you be directing us in our work, they say? Huh? This is not working, they would say. Which we don't even know what the work is. And he goes on with more speaking. And this true bread from heaven that I am this Christ and gives life to the world. Hmm. Strange. No idea what you're talking about, sir. Definitely causing us confusion. But once that spirit starts, like Neil Anderson in The Matrix, starts wanting to know, it will be drawn. It will come. Like all of you sitting out there in the United Nations, your hearts are, are aching. I know you're sad. You don't know what to do. Your souls are fearful. You don't know how, how to solve the world's problems. Even though you've been brought together as a learned people, you can't solve them. All your great speeches and activities you have, and it isn't helping because you have no power. Verse 34. Then said they, these multitudes, which is us also unto him, Lord, that means owner. Also another name is Caesar, means to cut out, to separate. That means sustainer, master, source of life. This bread. You are talking about this evermore this eternal why would they say Lord to this man you might start your redeeming your transformation and your converting by just one word Lord when you're having a conversation in prayer do you call Allah Lord does Allah talk to you like this? In a very concise way. 
Does he give you dreams? Do you, does he give you visions? What about Buddha? The Hindu gods and the animals. It's all worth looking at. Verse 34. Give us this bread you're talking about. Do you think they were asking for the earthly bread? Like they had across the sea? That he gave to them? Or do you think they were asking him for this heavenly bread? That he said he was? What do you think? Now remember there's turmoil going on here. There's war and attacks going on up here. They're asking for something. They just learned that this bread was a he, him, that will give life. Now what do you think they're thinking? I want to live. I got to eat you. Okay. Is that cannibalism? Said I'm going to eat your heart. We don't know. Verse 35. I am the bread of life. Oops. I am not that kind of bread from the earth or from heaven that you eat and fill your earthly body like you ate on the other side of the sea. When I multiplied through prayer and blessing it for all the thousands of people as I was in the days out in the wilderness. Teaching you. Feeding you. Uh oh. This is powerful stuff right here. He, you that comes to me. How do you come to him? Do you walk up? Jesus' physical body is not here. It's been glorified. How do you come to him in the spirit? You come to him in your spiritual mind and heart. You believe. You do the first work. You believe that he was sent from his father, the great I am, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh was sent down here to earth and his life his words he gives us is bread food for us and it gives us life by believing you get life you're going to get the Holy Spirit you're going to be rebirthed by believing in him He gives. he's a life giving spirit I give you life from death I bring you back alive to me by you believing that I am he who was sent the son of man the son of the living God you that comes to me that's how you do it shall never be hungry or hunger again the spirit what he's talking about what how can I never be hungry again how can you feed me yourself to eat you to make me never be hungry or thirsty again can you imagine what they were thinking and I'm sure you are too this wasn't making any sense to them 
This is how he directs our work. Our work is to believe in him. His word, his bread that he sent, his son. This Messiah, this anointed king, his spirit with the Holy Spirit. Inside a dirt body called Jesus. That has now been glorified as a heavenly spiritual body. No longer here in the earthly. He can manifest if he desires. But he can't stay. Verse 35. And that he that believes on me doing that work. Shall never thirst There's another story about that when he is talking to a lady of Samaria at the well about everlasting water, never-ending wells, never being thirsty again. He's talking about the spirit because he tells her that God is a spirit and you must worship him, believe in him as a spirit, by your spirit in the spirit you must your spirit must worship him he's trying to get these multitudes there that's the first work the work he's trying to direct us in what never hunger or be thirsty again this makes no sense he says you're not talking normal to us earthly This goes against all our wisdom, all of our science and teaching, against all of our religions and faith. We don't understand any of this. We believe a cow or an ant or a monkey are our God. Or this Allah that's represented by a crescent moon and a star. Or we believe that Buddha is how we're to live and we're to follow his wisdom did you know he was an earthly person Buddha and Confucius he's an earthly person they all died but they didn't come back you don't see them in dreams and visions verse 36 but I say unto you that you also have seen me We've seen you? Well, yeah, I'm right here. I'm talking to you. I've showed you. I'm standing right here in this dirt body. You are spiritually looking at me, but you don't recognize me. Have you ever looked at something that you don't know what it is? You see it, but you couldn't. If I looked at a certain bug or something, I wouldn't know what it was. When your eyes have been darkened for so long in the darkness, anything in the light will hurt your eyes. Because you're only used to seeing at night in the darkness. He says, you've seen me, and you believe not. You saw my miracles. You saw this. You saw my healings. And you believe not. See you? Yes. We see you right now. You're standing right here. For we're talking to you, they say, right now. What do you mean, believe not? We believe in you. 
We see you right now, they were saying. You're here with us. We're talking to you right now, here, about these loaves and fishes. We believe that you can make food and drink appear out of the air for us, just like in the days of old manna falling. We believe what you said, and we will be satisfied. How can you say we believe you not? We experienced your food and your fish, your healings. So we believe you can provide for us. We believe you, politician and leader, that you can provide all this free stuff. What do you mean we don't see you? Do you know some politicians really serve Satan? They're a part of a deep kingdom rulership that you don't see. But they're here with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm fixing to go into their kingdom to sit right at their council table. And I will see in the darkness behind the veil which you don't see. Because I go to meetings. I'm going to sit and watch and see who's there. And I will learn. Mm-hmm. So he says, you've seen me, but you don't believe me. Verse 37. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. Now he's talking in this strange spiritual language to these multitudes that followed him across the sea because they had been fed and healed. He said, you see me, but you don't believe me. I'm here with you, but you don't believe me. They're thinking, yes, we're here with you physically. We see you. We know who you are. You're Mary's kid. You grew up in Nazareth. You're just like us. So he's saying again, he's counteracting their worldly, earthly wisdom. All that the Father, ooh, that he is saying, I'm in relationship to this God. That's supposed to be the God of Israel, your God. He's my father. But they had never had that relationship. They don't know him in that manner. Same way as in Allah, they don't have a child-father relationship. Buddha and all these others. Even in the FDLS with the prophets, there's no father with the prophet. Now, the ancient, uh, both Egyptian gods and Greek gods, they believe that the leaders were the offspring of gods. And they were supernatural beings connected to the gods. So if you want to uh, see that, you can look at, there's a movie with Gerald Butler called The Gods of Egypt. Great movie to understand. Study the ancient pharaohs, Greece about God and man, relationships, father, children, and you'll get it. Because they got it, but it was a little perverted, but they were there. He says, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. means all who he directs their work in believing in me shall come to me in truth, for he's directing them. And him that comes to me, this bread from heaven, this manna, this light, this truth, I will in no wise cast out. What are you talking about? 
It's too confusing. Verse 38. For I came down from heaven. What you see physically is not the real me. Okay, what does that mean? You came out of Mary's womb. You didn't come down from heaven. I came down from heaven not to do my own will purposes, but the will of him, the Father. God, I am the Most High, Yahweh, the Great I Am, but to do his will of him that sent me. This is getting just too much for these multitudes. Can you imagine what they're thinking? The stress that's going on up here. Because he is destroying their foolish wisdom. Their darkness and ignorance they have in their soul and in their spirit. Through words. Through teaching. Through speaking. Throwing in a few signs and wonders. Using them to challenge him. Challenge them. Okay, how does all this relate to directing their work in truth? Great question. Verse 39. And this is the Father's will, His purpose, His heart's desires, His intent. What I am going to tell you, which He has sent me to tell you. That all which he has given me, all those who believe in me, that I am who I say I am, I should not lose any of it. One of them. And all the signs and the wonders that I not waste them. And all the preaching and the teaching and the stating and the truth that I'm using as paths for you to walk on to direct you I lose none of it and it doesn't fall down to the ground and does not produce the fruit that it is required to produce believing hearts of me the all is the kingdom of heaven I won't lose any of that the Holy Spirit the authority and dominion of the kingdom. The inheritance that I have for you. For all of humanity. The sacrifice and through agape love. And its mercy and forgiveness. And your resurrection in the tomb. That I not lose any of this. That you believe it all. That you believe my work. My words. That you see. That all my work is not done in vain. That all my words I speak to you and all that I do produces the fruit of truth inside of you, multitudes. That I can direct your path to the right path, the, the path of light and righteousness. And you will turn and come out of the darkness. 
the ignorance of your foolish wisdom. And I will not lose your throne that you have on the right hand of him. But should raise it, all these things, this eternal life, this righteousness, this agape love, your image and likeness of a God, of Son of Man, your kingdom on earth, your kingdom in the Holy Spirit, your family called humanity, the plans that he has for your justice against the robbers and the thieves of the kingdom of heaven. And these thieves of the ancient kingdom on earth that it should have been. Lucifer and his one third of his angels will be judged. And I won't lose that. That will happen on the cross. Because they became adversaries of you and the kingdom and my father. But I should raise it, the kingdom of heaven, up again at the last day of eternal life. This eternal life, this seed that was sent you, filled with the kingdom as an ambassador, a politician, a leader, a priest and a shepherd, a child of the great I am. I shall not lose any of this. And anyone who comes to me and believes this, he says, I will not lose it. John ten twenty eight. This this it is defined a little better. Verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life. I will be a life-giving spirit. I will give them the Holy Spirit. Life again unto the Father. Life again in the spirit of truth and knowledge. And they shall never perish. Be separated from the Father again, from the kingdom of heaven, from each other again, from agape love again. Neither shall any man, any other human spirit, pluck them, grab them out of my Father's hand like Satan did. It ain't going to happen again. I am not going to lose it, this eternal life. I will fight all the way to keep it for you. Now back to John six twenty five through 66. This is, we're still continuing. And th- verse 40. And this, this me giving you of this eternal life, he says. So they will never perish that no man can take them out of the Father's hand. And this, this act, this deed, this work is the will and the intent the purposes, the heart desires of him who sent me. That everyone which sees me, which will be all humanity, and perceives me to be who I am, the son of the living God, this Christ, this Messiah, this King, out of the kingdom of heaven, your brother, the original pattern of the great image and likeness of God, the original In this dirt body, the Son, not Jesus, the dirt body, that body had to be resurrected. That body was part of the problem. And it had to be punished, just like the soul. All three parts of us had to die. And I took your place, he says. But the offspring of God, his living words of spirit and eternal life, 
his anointed spirit of himself, his son, his image, and his likeness, his outgoing, his breath like the rays of the sun shining on us. Whoever believes on him, the word of God made flesh, may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up. And the last day. What a war is going on for these multitudes. There he's directing their paths into believing something about him. That they cannot see with their earthly eyes. He's asking them to believe with their spirit. He's telling them, giving them hope what will happen. Why he's come, who has sent him. This is hard stuff for most of humanity to believe. So... One has to spiritually see, perceive the Son, not the child Jesus, but the Son, Christ, as the anointed Son, the Messiah, the King of the living God, the one sent down from heaven and believes on him, on what he is, the Son of Man, the Son of God, and who he is is and what he is a king an ambassador a life giving spirit of eternal life and who sent him and where he came from and on eternal life he's that living bread this word he was telling him you have to believe I'm the true manna from heaven Oh, this was powerful stuff he was telling the multitudes. And their minds were in confusion and war. For he was destroying, attacking, making foolish all their beliefs. Bringing back the spirit to think, to desire. Pushing on the soul. Just like you say, pushing, pushing. Shining through with light. Shining. Shining. Through the soul. Trying to get this to the spirit. Verse 41. Then the Jews. Excuse me. They murmured about him to themselves. Because he had said I am the bread. Which came down from heaven. Oh dear. We have a mess. And humanity in its darkness and ignorance. And its lack of this understanding and believing will talk, murmur, and complain. Now I'm going to end with some special things for some of my personal stories about how this God led me, directed my path, my work in truth. And then we will close out with prayer. And then we will end part 9 and do part 10 the next time. This first story of Pastor Deborah is called Led by the Voice of the Lord God. You can probably find it in the section on the website www.agapeloveishere.org in Prayer and Fasting, Volume 1. For some unknown spiritual reasons, to me I seem to be able to spiritually hear the voice of the Lord God very easily 
I'm able to hear his voice both audibly in my soul and flesh and spiritually. He has always talked with me and I with him. I'm sure when I was young it was mostly through dreams and visions or other people just didn't know it. You see, I saw from reading the Old Testament over and over the red words of Christ, Jesus, that God the Most High was a talking God. He has so much to say to us in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I would read all the scriptures that said, And the Lord said, Thus said the Lord, The voice of the Lord came to me. I read each and every scripture where he spoke. Or when one of his angels spoke for him. Or even if he talked through a donkey. Or one of his prophets. Or when he talked to Noah. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Moses. In dreams and visions. All the judges, all the prophets, and the kings. Then I listened very carefully to him through Jesus Christ. Usually I didn't understand most of his spiritual messages. So I had to always ask many, many questions. I did see something strange and powerful. The Most High God. The Heavenly Father did not talk to everyone, only a select few. Then I asked the Heavenly Father to speak to me, as he did with Adam in the beginning in the garden. Then with Noah. Then with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And of course Moses. Then all of his prophets He even spoke to pharaohs in dreams. He spoke to Joseph in Egypt. Through David and and then as he did with Christ Jesus, his only begotten son. He also spoke to Jesus' mother, Mary, and Joseph and many, many other people. So I asked him, please talk to me that way. I wanted the Heavenly Father, the Most High God, Jehovah, Yahweh, to talk to me himself, or through his angels, or through his written words, or through the Holy Spirit. I wanted this more than anything or anybody. I saw it was possible. I wanted direct contact and communication with him. I knew it would be possible, but I am sure I would have to have very good spiritual ears a very calm spirit and be trustworthy and have my faith tested and a spiritual heart that was willing not to be a part of any Christian denomination or church or organization have no spiritual covering of man only God the most high himself of course I knew I would not fit into any church ministry. I would be as a stealth black operations soldier 
working alone with only God the Most High and His Holy Spirit and all of the host of heaven. I would spiritually move and see, hear and know spiritually hidden thing that 99.9% of Christians never knew or saw. I have and still do hear the Most High God's voice so clear. It is if he is physically standing right next to me and at other times so softly in my spirit that I had to really listen to spiritually hear his voice above all the noise of both the natural and the spiritual realm. He and I decided that when he needs to get my spiritual attention, when I am very busy, so I can spiritually hear what he wants to say to me, that he just needs to pull on my spirit or tap it, sort of like a small child tugging on their mother's pants or dress to get her attention. When the Holy Spirit does this, I will physically jerk, you know, something like that, a few times when he is wanting to get my undivided attention. I will stop whatever I am doing and listen to him and, of course, talk back to him. The Most High God talks with me in my sleep, but really, I am in the Spirit and we talk. He will speak to me anywhere and at any time. I am always so excited when we get to talk face to face, as he did with Christ and others of the Bible. Also, I am a daily guest in his spiritual throne room, and we, and even Christ, the Son of God, who sits on the right hand of him, for now, we speak to each other about his kingdom of heaven business. I also go there to just cry over the lost, the unsaved children of the kingdom of darkness and ignorance and their great spiritual need of his agape love and him. Sometimes I just need to sit as a child in the spiritual lap of Christ or my heavenly Father on their throne and be spiritually comforted and refreshed and just let my tears run. Sometimes I just bow my knee as a good soldier and a good servant and shepherd and talk. Sometimes I'm in the courtroom of the judge of the universe pleading a case, asking for righteous judgments against certain people and their spiritual behavior. I have learned how to spiritually enter into the great power and presence of the Most High God and become one in spirit with him. I also conduct much legal spiritual activity in the spiritual courtroom of the judge of the universe to spiritually counter-petition Satan in legal matters of spiritual justice, restraining orders, cease and desist orders, judgment, life and death situations for others, permission by the court to arrest certain spirits. Permission. I had to battle the case 
of my authority against hell, death, and the grave to go into hell. So that the gates of hell would open up to me. So I could go and preach as an evangelist the words of agape love and to bring down angels of heaven. Clear out hell itself because the cross paid for it all. I had to defend my right, my authority and dominion. And a judgment had to be given against Satan, death, hell and the grave and the victory won. Sometimes I would only hear one word from the Lord discern and nothing else just discern I knew what that meant look around pay attention I want to show you something spiritually or I want to show you someone I'm always waiting looking I know who I'm supposed to be looking for right now and I know who I'm going after and I did and I saw spiritually and physically what the Lord wanted me to see and to know other times I would hear do not get prayer at Churchton for there will be too much evil so I would not get prayer and neither would my son I was allowed to see the evil and it was demons coming through lovely Christian people on the prayer team he was directing me according to verse 8 where he says I the Lord will direct your work in truth he was directing me in truth on the path that I needed to take to believe in him that he was my guide my helper my protector as I grew in the ways and protections of the Lord I would hear no man shall lay hands on you I did not understand fully but then I saw demonic claws coming through the people on the prayer team coming through staff of the revival school and demonic anointing coming from the eyes of a Bible school teacher. I was so spiritually ignorant at the time of this spiritual experience went through the I got hit with a powerful blow of power through the Bible school's teacher's eyes. I just was ignorant and believed it was God himself doing it to show me his eyes of flames of fire and power. But he told me it wasn't him. He didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But it was Satan. For the Bible teacher was a false teacher sent by Satan to lead precious baby believers who were very spiritually ignorant spiritually astray from the truth of the living words of spirit and truth of the Bible oh my that couldn't be true could it the power coming through a Bible school PhD teacher's eyes Satan's fire but yet it was I had to deal with this Bible school teacher I think I have it on a story I'm not sure we had to talk in the spirit many times songs would be sung that spiritually lifted up fire water rain of God but not Jesus and was spiritually how the spiritual high place of praise and worship around a spiritual altar would be spiritually prepared for Satan's 
demonic spirits, his principalities. That's a story called Let the Fire Fall from Heaven. You'll learn about that demons to be spiritually welcomed in the church service. In that story, Let the Fire Fall from Heaven, I made a trench by walking around the inside of the sanctuary, praying in heavenly language seven times as directed by God. Great story. I know this sounds so weird, unreal, but personal spiritual revelations and experiences are what we spiritually need to open our spiritual eyes to the reality of the bread of life, the spiritual words of eternal life to this God, the spiritual reality of the spiritual realm that is all around us 24-7 and what is going on behind the spiritual veil that most of God's children do not see and are not spiritually aware of because most of the spiritual but because of the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits the words of knowledge and the words of wisdom I am always able to spiritually peer into to see into look into hear and understand the spiritual knowledge of what is hidden out of sight of our earthly eyesight and knowledge speaking of these spiritual experiences are usually not accepted or believed by other fellow Christians in the body of Christ or by most pastors, preachers, or leadership. They do not believe this is true. I am so heavenly minded, they say, that I am no earthly good, not useful, and I am spiritually out in left field. But I would just keep reading the Bible and observe, listen to, and believe the spiritual visions, the dreams, the experiences of the Old Testament prophets, the works of God himself, the works of Christ Jesus, the acts of the apostles, the words of Jesus, and I would say to myself that God the Most High, his Son, Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the same today as they will, as they were yesterday, Back in the Old Testament. And will be tomorrow. The next day. And for thousands and billions of years to come. And so was Satan. And his demons. I used to struggle. With most of what. I am spiritually honored to know. To see in the spirit realm. But yet. Most of my spiritual experiences seem to bring shunning instead of acceptance but oh well you are benefiting right now from those experiences for I am here in the synagogue of Satan the United Nations of Satan I am there in your parliament meetings I am there in your supreme courts your international courts I am there in the traffickers meetings. I got some special skills. I'm coming after those 
who hurt little ones. Not the humans. I'll have to deal with you in another way. Coming after the demonics. I'll get the humans in special ways. And many Christian denominations do not believe in the need of having personal spiritual experiences. And that all of God's gifts and powerful signs and wonders, his healings, as read in the Bible, they're not for today. They ended when the first apostles died because these things were only needed to kickstart the church of Christ. Now, since the word was in written form, personal spiritual experiences were not needed. I carefully spiritually listened to every word of God, both his written words of the Bible and his personally spoken to me. I can even see his word in movies and stories. He writes them all the time to these writers. None of the lovely Christian pastors and teachers, preachers and prophets and evangelists appear to spiritually, purposely set out to spiritually trap me, snare me, deceive me, or draw me away, or bewitch me, or bring demonic spirits into my spiritual life. But I am the one who must spiritually guard and protect my spiritual gates of my spiritual heart and mind and soul. No, I personally must spiritually stand against all spiritual things. For the baby ones, I stand in the gap. I'm their shepherd, their king and protector, because they can't stand yet. They can't protect when the lions and the bears come. But Pastor Deborah and many others are there. I must protect myself from spiritually all spiritual things. I must test them and prove them. For they want to seek and enter into my life. Coming into spiritual agreement with. From intimidating me and overtaking me. I must spiritually judge all spiritual things. Whether they are of God the Most High or of Satan. I am the one to spiritually judge words for they are the spiritual containers of spiritual truth or lies life or death not only my words but words of others a lot of work to do so God has to direct me a lot he has to teach me and guide me in my work by his truth also I must be able to spiritually know who is spiritually behind the circumstance, the activities, the behaviors, both of nature, like hurricanes and fires, and humans, and even the animals. One day, I, as all believers, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what I believed, the work I did, what I did with what I believed, what I said, all my words spoken or unspoken, for what I did with the spiritual gifts, the talents he gave me, what I did spiritually to build on the spiritual foundation of Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. Whose voice did I listen to and follow, mine, others, or Satan? 
Did I listen and look at the carnal nature? What did I do? Did I allow him to direct my work in his truth? Or did I go my own way of the carnal flesh? I and I alone will stand before Christ Jesus to give a spiritual account for my spiritual life on earth. As a teacher, my judgment will be more severe and deep. For I am granted a great gift of shepherding, teaching, explaining him. And if I get off, I misrepresent him and the word. The anointing is not there. I will not be able to do his spiritual work that he has purposed me to do. So I am very careful. Careful. Much spiritual deception, purposely or not, is in Christian churches, Bible schools, seminaries, small groups, books, conferences, blogs, websites, TV, on YouTube. And I am spiritually responsible for my personal spiritual freedom, salvation in Christ and through Christ. I must learn to guard it and protect it. Because there is always Satan trying to get me to. Just as he did with Jesus in the wilderness. You will be tested and tried your faith. Whether you follow a pastor. Got some great ones. A lot of great stories about that. Who do you follow? Who do you listen to? Who are you under? Pastor Deborah was under teachers and pastors for 30, 40 years until I was released, mature enough to be directly under God. Because being spiritually free and staying free is the Heavenly Father's spiritual desire for each of his spiritual children. So when we become spiritually completely one with him in Christ, we can spiritually partner with him to spiritually free others who are spiritual captives like you so we become spiritual freedom fighter being a spiritual freedom fighter a joshua has a lot of spiritual responsibilities and many spiritual tests and trials of one's faith in god and his words will occur. Learning to spiritually stand alone behind the spiritual enemy's lines of darkness. I have gone to meetings, satanic meetings, stood in the flames on the altar, stopped the meeting spiritually, bound up the demons and preached the word. I have gone to castles, dungeons. I'm here now. In the synagogue of Satan, the place of the United Nations of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, learning how to operate, stand spiritually alone behind the spiritual lines of his great territory, and how to operate in all of the spiritual gifts, trusting and believing that there is nothing impossible for God the Most High to do spiritually to reach set free and pour out his words of eternal life 
and agape love on all those precious human spirits trapped in spiritual prison cells, slaves to the fear of death, broken and fractured in their hearts and minds and souls, slaves to sin and its consequences, death. That there is nothing I had to believe be directed in this deep work of his that he would and could not do to spiritually reach and save them from spiritual death to him. Being spiritually led by the voice of God, the heavenly father as his son Christ Jesus was, is so wonderful and powerful and full of great responsibilities. Obedience is a must, immediate and full, not later or partially, no, full and immediate obedience. If I did not, people would die. We would lose them, and I couldn't stand losing them, and neither could he. He trained me well, so I could spiritually hear his voice. I would immediately obey Sometimes I had to have more details. Sometimes I would argue with him. But I always obeyed. I believed and trusted him and his words. He began to spiritually set spiritual captives free of and from the kingdom of darkness to spiritually fulfill Isaiah 61 verse 8 and 62 in their spiritual lives he was I always pray fulfills Isaiah 61 in its fullness and Isaiah 62 in their lives thus excuse me thus he was spiritually receiving his desired spiritual inheritance spiritual children the son's of his image and likeness, reborn, rebirthed by the power of the Holy Spirit and the victory of the sacrifice of himself and his son on the cross, his family. If you want to learn more about him, go to story time. You'll learn all the joy, the privilege, the spiritual results of hearing and being led and directed by the voice of the Most High God. Is so powerful and so wonderful. So let me go on to another story. This story is called, Okay, It Works. This story is based on Matthew 18, 18, authorized King James Version. Verse 18, Truly, truly, I, Christ Jesus, say unto you, Jesus' disciples, Whatsoever, remember it's a what, soever you shall bind, forbid on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose and allow on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. That has a lot of deep meanings, a lot of different ones, but the one that I used it for and was trained by was from the Strongman book and Deliverance. This scripture was foundational in my spiritual training. The Lord Most High, B. 
began my spiritual re-education, renewal from the way of the world, the ways of the kingdom of darkness and mental health, to the ways of the kingdom of heaven and the ways of the Most High God. I had been educated, trained, and worked in the world according to the ways and knowledge of the world to help people. Mental health counseling was the world's way of helping people. But I never could 100% believe and fully operate from this model this way. But I tried. I became nationally clinically certified, set on the mental health counseling national board of directors and committees. I lobbied. I tried very hard to fit in, but I didn't. But when the Lord began his renewing processes with me, I was spiritually led, directed, drawn to class in this church that was in revival. And they were on deliverance, casting out of demons or devils. What? Never heard of such a never was talked about in the other church. Even though I had read the Bible and had read there about such things, but that was not for today. Never was taught in any churches I had attended. Not a part of the mental health counseling world for sure, or psychology or psychiatry. Not a part of social work. If you thought you had them, you were definitely mentally ill. But the Lord said to me, Now, I will teach you how to help people my way. So I was directed, put down, not to renew or use my mental health counselor's license anymore. And so I did. And I was directed to to begin attending the Sunday school class on personal ministry deliverance week after week month after month year after year I went to the Sunday school class they were teaching on the strong man book the strong man's his name what's his game by the Robertsons and I'm going to teach on that here soon then I was allowed to see my first demonic manifestation in the church One night, late, after, during the prayer time, a very overweight woman had come to the altar for prayer. She got the prayer, and then I saw her go under the power of the Lord, sort of fell down on the steps. As the ushers and the prayer team ministers were looking at her, she started barking and hissing and jerking. And I'm just sitting there watching. And a man went over and leaned over. I could hear him saying, I bind you in the name of Jesus, Satan. I bind you, according to Matthew 18, 8. She calmed down. Then they proceeded to help her up into a big, big wheelchair. And they were doing pretty good. But as she almost sat down in the chair, it happened. 
just as she was about to sit in the wheelchair, her body jolted up out of the chair. She started growling, hissing and barking. I had never seen this or her. Her physical face changed, and it took on a cat-like features. So, at this point, a personal ministry minister stepped in and began saying, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Be bound according to Matthew 18 and 18. As I watched, I said to myself, if the mental health world saw these behaviors, they would, they would have put a straitjack on the lady and taken her to the local psychiatric hospital. Then the lady just passed out. She was then taken out back in the wheelchair and taken out of the sanctuary to be ministered to by the personal ministry, Minister of Deliverance. Later I learned she was a very powerful witch from Alabama and had come to do her things in the sanctuary. But the Lord's spiritual presence was very strong that night. And instead of Satan having a victory, his demons got mad, hostile, and acted out and showed their presence out. And because of the powerful spiritual presence that the Most High God was there and the demonic spirits were being tormented by it, that would have been a sight to see for sure. Now I've seen it. Since then, the pain and the agony that God's presence does with these demons. So my spiritual re-education, training, and spiritual perceiving had begun. I jumped in with all my heart and mind and soul, for I knew nothing of this spiritual demonic world, this stuff. I went and bought thousands of dollars of books on demons, spiritual warfare, deliverance, Satanism, the occult. I kept attending week after week, month after month, the church's Sunday school class on personal ministry, on deliverance. Then I applied to be on this ministry's team as a volunteer of the revival and was accepted. The pastor had to pray over it. The coordinator, I knew neither one of That was God. So I began a wonderful and powerful and even ongoing today spiritual walk of personal ministry, the Lord's way, not the way of the world, not mental health counseling, deliverance and casting out of devils, just like Christ did. God was directing me in the work I was to do in believing in things I did not even know about. He was working with me, leading me in truth down the paths I had to travel. It was his responsibility to guide me and lead me. I had to be willing to let go of old stuff, lay things down, and know I didn't know anything about nothing. Now to this story. Very early in this spiritual or mind spiritual education I was going through I was given a spiritual opportunity to see and believe for myself outside of the church at work and at home at meetings 
demons were manifesting. They were speaking and teaching, but I didn't see it. But my son was attending, as a participant, an international science fair in Fort Worth, Texas. And it was during the final day's conference that this spiritual opportunity arose right in front of me. And I was not in the church, but in the marketplace, in the community. The guest speaker of the International Science Engineering Fair was a well-known anthropologist. And he was speaking to these precious young students about the creation of man through evolution. I listened for just a short while. Then my spirit could not take his lies, his errors, about how man evolved from animals. And I couldn't listen to the lies, the error, any longer. The spiritual education and training I had been spiritually receiving kicked in, rose up. Even outside of the church service, out in the world, out in the public realm, through the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits from the Holy Spirit, I spiritually discerned that a demonic spirit of error, which I learned about from the strong man is his name, what's his game book that had been taught in the Sunday school class. And I had read it, and we'll go through it on another tape was speaking through this anthropologist. A spirit of air was spiritually spewing out Satan's lies, deception and error about man's origins of creation. For Satan did not want these precious young students to know or hear or believe in the truth of their creation. By God the Most High alone, not by evolution. I knew spiritually I could not allow this lie, this deception, bewitchment, error of an antichrist speech through the spirit of error to continue. So I took spiritual authority over this antichrist spirit of error. I put my hand to my mouth, as you see, and quietly under my breath, I said, Spirit of error, I bind you according to Matthew 18 and 18. You are bound from speaking. Immediately, the anthropologist stopped speaking in mid-sentence and said, I am so confused. Please forgive me. And he walked right off the stage. What just happened? I spiritually realized this man had no truth of man's creation from the Most High God. His only knowledge he had and would speak came from the demonic spirit of air of an antichrist spirit. I was spiritually shocked. This spiritual binding of devils even worked outside the church. There was no church music, presence, prayer, nothing. I spiritually learned a valuable lesson 
was directed by God, according to verse 8, in the work I was to do on earth, in believing in him and his power and his word, to have a victory. I spiritually learned a valuable lesson that I could apply in the world and would teach my son to even bind up demons in his public school and university where he was attending. And many, many times my son and I had to bind up his teachers for demons were coming through them and harassing him, attacking him verbally and hindering him. The church needs to step up when you get this. There are many different theories and concepts being taught in schools, public education, my son, that need binding. Once you get at this level with Pastor Deborah and you have the knowledge, you can do it and it will work. Okay, this binding, this attacking, this path of directing, of work and truth, it works even outside in the world. For I spiritually had to see and believe that the Lord's authority and dominion over Satan and his demons was real and it could be used anywhere. I use it in the spirit, in dreams, against family members, in my own home, against dogs, animals, against nature and the wind, because there's a demonic behind the wind. I use it. But I had to learn it. I had to be directed by the Lord on this path of truth. I've had to even bind up demons on a jury in church, at home, at stores, anywhere I go. Thank you, Father, for renewing my spiritual heart and mind to these works, to these truths. With the knowledge of the truth of your word, I will help people your way now, no longer the way of the world. Verse 8 told me, I, even though I hadn't got it then, He was directing me in the work, in my work, in believing in him and his words, that they had power and authority even outside of the four walls of a church. Can you believe it? Mm Mm-hmm. But you had to be in the right relationship with the right understanding because many people do this and nothing changes. You had to have knowledge. You had to have the right heart to do it. Hello, again, we're going to keep going here. I just took a little break for some lunch. And uh, so we're going to finish with another story here. And then a little bit and then prayer. This story about how God, according to verse 8, was directing my work in truth. You did not get fed today. This story is about a very personal spiritual experience I, Pastor Deborah, an ambassador from the kingdom of heaven, sent and is inside this physical dirt body had in a church and with the Lord Most High God. This story is about being spiritually fed. I had been attending a church for about a year and I loved the music and some of the preaching and teaching was very good. 
this will tie in with the story of the multitude and how Christ Jesus was trying to tell them, I will feed you heavenly manna and bread from heaven and you won't be spiritually thirsty or hungry anymore. This is about food spiritually. But lately, I had been spiritually starving for the living words of spirit and truth in that church. Even though it was good, something was missing. The Most High God's words of eternal life seemed to be hidden in so much stuff that I was spiritually hungry and didn't even know it. Well, on this particular Sunday morning, the pastor talked about the vision and the mission of this church. And if any of us felt led or called to this church's vision and mission to come and join with them to fulfill this church's vision and mission, I should have caught it right there. There is only one church, one vision, and one mission of the church. But this one was saying our church has its own vision and mission that we do. And it may not be what other churches are doing. So, But I didn't catch it in my spiritual ignorance early in my being directed to do the work of the Lord I was ignorant of. I thought the pastor did an excellent job of explaining the vision and the mission of this church and encouraging people to come and to join and help them. I thought it was great. I did not have any complaints about this, how he explained it. Well, I just thought it was wonderful. But I guess the Most High God did. Well, after the service was over, I went to my car and turned on the radio. And I was listening to another preacher. The preacher was teaching on angels. All of a sudden, I heard a voice out loud say, You did not get fed today. Oh dear. I spiritually knew it was the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit who was in me. As I continued to listen to the radio, the preacher was speaking about angels. I saw in the Spirit, gift of discerning of spirits came on. I didn't ask for it. I didn't activate. I saw my spiritual hand reach over to the center of the car like this. Pick up a piece of lamb or chicken meat and bring it to my spiritual mouth to eat. I'm just listening now with my physical body. And this is what my spirit is doing. Eating lamb or chicken spiritually. Then I heard the Lord say, Now you have been fed. Now I can have holy communion with you. Immediately I saw in the spirit realm a spiritual cup. A golden cup. Let me get one that might sort of show you what it this is a pearl and silver cup but this is what whoops sorry this is what showed up in the spirit a golden 
spirits. Let me get this thing in the right direction. Spiritual cup. Oh, let me straighten that thing out. Showed up. He said, now I can have Holy Communion. Oh, dear. So in my spiritual hand, this cup just appeared. And there was real wine in it, the real stuff. Now, I always love Merlot, the dark wines, and some of the white, the Chablis and things. So, and a piece of bread. First, I ate of the bread. The bread, the manna from heaven. The reminder of the sacrifice of the body of Christ. I believed in it, I ate. And then, I drank the real stuff. Real wine, spiritually. Now there's another wonderful story about this spiritual Holy Communion. This young lady named Candy, who I was working with, not at this time. Their spirits are very afraid of Holy Communion spiritually. Because they had been taking earthly communion of human blood, mixed with urine and drugs, and eating human flesh. And if you read the scriptures from the eyes of the natural, that is what you're to do. You're to eat a human body, the manna, the bread. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they did. So they were very afraid of doing spiritual communion. And I had to help her work through that in a church service. So her and many others from multi-generational Satanism and ritual abuse could take spiritual Holy Communion because their spirit had been taking in this other kind, this defiled and icky stuff. So I ate and I drank. I sort of knew that I had been spiritually starving for some time in that church, but I really did not have a spiritual revelation of this and how the spiritual living word of God the Most High, the bread of life, the bread of spirit and eternal life, was spiritual meat and drink for me, the spiritual me, inside this dirt, the spiritual use that I'm talking to. Oh yes, there is an earthly Holy Communion. We all take it, but that's not the real one. I also knew that what real spiritual holy communion was now in the spirit with the most high God. You had to have a personal spiritual experience to get this. Now I knew what God's true words of spirit and eternal life is for my spirit. Meat, food, bread, manna lamb or chicken and I knew what the wine the blood of Christ meant okay I had a revelation of it no spirit has blood earthly blood but there was a blood in the Christ because your blood was either of life or death You'll see that also in that movie I think I told you about The Gods of Egypt with Gerald Butler. They believed the gods of Egypt had gold, liquid gold as their blood. Because gods don't have the same kind of earthly red blood. But the blood of a spirit, there is there. 
It can carry diseases and viruses and bacteria. It can be anemic. It can be polluted. Just as the earthly blood can. So when you look at an earthly person. And they have a blood disease. Blood problems. The spirit has a blood problem. When you look at eating hardly any food. And you see when you don't get a lot of food. How your physical body just shrivels up and you die. The spirit is the same way. Now the spirit can't die. But it can get so perverted, so shrunken down, so curled up in a fetal position that it just goes into a trance to die. And there's hardly anything left of it. You can see that when people are in comas. The physical world reflects the spiritual. That was Pastor Deborah's revelations. So, I was spiritually allowed to see the preaching of a spiritual topic. The topic of the word of eternal truth. As it was directing me on this path of believing in the spirit. That these words that were true about spiritual angels was spiritual food. It was life, eternal life for my spirit. It was nourishment for my spirit man. Then, after you had dinner, that was the pattern. First you have your dinner, you eat. Then you can have this union, this common one plus one. You can take in the spiritual blood and meat of the Lord. And your spiritual blood is nourished, it's cleansed, it's strengthened for my spirit man. Remember, we learn in other Gospels that Jesus teaches that Samaritan woman at the well that God is a spirit and what he wants is your worship from your spirit to him in spirit. And if your spirit cannot think, believe, it's not free, is emancipated, is sick, is diseased, cannot worship. And it must have truth. So this is how in verse 8, God says, I will direct your path, your work, in truth. He goes, now a great spiritual revelation had been given to me. So I could spiritually understand the word of God, which says, my words are spirit and they are life. I got it. Sometimes you must see a movie that teaches it have a personal spiritual experience and you'll go I got it I understand just that little bit just that little bit he's directing us he's leading us to the places where we'll get it if you're seeking but you must have a seeking heart to get it I now spiritually recognize that most of the Heavenly Father's spiritual children, his precious little lambs and sheep, are spiritually starving. For they are being led to toxic pastures filled with lies and error. The meat is not good. They can't have holy communion spiritually with Christ. They're starving and they're thirsty. For the spiritual, pure, living and nourishing spiritual words of spirit and life 
of the Most High God. I now spiritually understood that when our spiritual ears hear the Heavenly Father's words of truth, as this Christ Jesus was trying to do to these multiple, you have seen me, I'm talking to you, and all they saw was earthly dirt, earthly person of being spoken we are spiritually being served and hopefully eating believing in perceiving nourished by taking in that's what believing is you take in you believe it you plant it and it starts growing in you starts in the natural when we believe that orange juice or water is good for us and our body needs it we take it in and if it's clean and pure, it helps us, it cleanses us, strengthens us. If it's filled with toxins and biological viruses and bacteria, it hurts us. And that is the same concept in the spirit. When people are speaking spiritual words that are polluted in error, sort of like that anthropologist, he and you spiritually take it in, you take in the poison your body is poisoned. It's it's receiving false stuff. It's not getting pure food. So I learned that you had to have pure food and water of the word. You had to eat and drink of his spiritual milk of the word. That's agape love. And his eternal life. Love and eating spiritual meat and drink of his living words of eternal spiritual life this was the truth that I had to learn that he in Isaiah 61 verse 8 that little portion I will direct your work in truth this was an example of it so I could understand the scriptures from a personal experience my spiritual eyes had seen and perceived and I believed I now knew I had his holy spiritual revelations of his words of spirit and eternal life for now I really knew that God the most high is spirit Jesus Christ the Christ part of him is spirit now I knew that this earthly body called Jesus had been glorified full of light power it was no longer of the earthly chemicals biological and earthly nature it had been it had been restored back to its original nature that he had in the beginning spirit and glory that the holy spirit is a spirit that god's angels are spirit that words are spirit and they either give you eternal life or death really spiritually understood now the spiritual armor of God the weapons of my warfare were spiritual the kingdom of heaven is a spiritual kingdom my real spiritual enemies I could now truly understand as I saw and perceived into and peered into and discerned the spirit realm Satan and his demons became more real to me and their kingdom of darkness sin and death are spiritual there is a real spiritual world a realm a kingdom 
There are spiritual wounds, sickness, diseases, slaves, captives, and prisoners. Words that become that are concepts, that are ideas and principles. They are either of the life-forming, life-giving spirits or the death. Words spoken are spiritual containers of spiritual eternal life or death. Blessings or curses, authority and dominion or defeat. There is spiritual food or starvation. There is spiritual healthy foods or unhealthy foods. I saw and learned and I believed my work was being done. The work that he desired for me to do, believing in him and his words, was being done. I was working the work that he desired for me to do. I was walking the path that he was leading me on. I was getting it. I also now knew what holy spiritual communion was in the spirit realm with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. Golden goblets filled with real wine, the bread of spiritual life, and then a common union of oneness of spirit with the Lord. What a Sunday morning this was. And to this day, I can still see the lamb or chicken, the vision, the golden goblet. I just used my pearls here. Excuse me. i got to learn how to do that. That I drank wine. Oh, it was the blood of Christ. But it's not the earthly wine. It's not the earthly blood. It's some kind of kingdom of heaven stuff glorious and radiant and I became one with what a Sunday this was excuse me the spiritual hand of the Lord handing me his goblet I grew tremendously that day in the things of the Lord and his kingdom what a day that was you have to learn that he'll help you he will guide you and lead you to do the work that he wants you to do. I myself had to be directed in the work that I was to do, in the believing in him, in his words. I had to have personal experience like you are. When you get back in your earthly bodies, you'll have memories and visions of this. You will be unsettled. You'll be like Neo. Go watch The Matrix from 1999. Become a seeker of truth. Don't be satisfied with the way the world is and you are and other people. There is hope. Believe. Do this work. That this young man called Christ Jesus was sent by Yahweh. The Most High God. Jehovah. And he was in this Christ. That's where the word Emmanuel comes from. In man, that's the spiritual part, is Elohim. In man, U-L. In man, in the spirit part of us. Deeply hidden, he's there. If you believe in him. That he's the son of the living God. That God has a son, an offspring. And that he was sent here to help us. He brings the kingdom of heaven to us. Brings back our crown. 
He'd ask us to repent. Turn from our darkness and our way of thinking. For the kingdom of heaven had arrived. This is what the message of this young man was. What the multitudes had seen. The power and authority of the kingdom of heaven on earth. But they didn't understand it at the time. He could bring forth, multiply food, do healings, cast out devils. His words were spirit and life. Inside of this Christ, this Messiah, this anointed king from the kingdom of heaven, which is not of this earth, came the bread of life. The words of God itself. God incarnate inside of this young man. Both of them together, through the Holy Spirit, were working to do the work of the Father in directing our paths, directing us in our work, helping us. Oh, we were being challenged for sure, like these multitudes. Our concepts, our principles, what religion had taught us, what traditions of men had come, what culture had said to us. He was challenging all of that. He was getting us to, to our spirit. What will help you is if you have a Hebrews 4.12 experience where the word of God, if you believe it, will come and circumcise, clip off the little part of the soul so your spirit can shoot out, just like the circumcision of a penis. And your little spirit can come forth and then the sword of the spirit cuts all the tendons and joints. And your spirit cuts all the soul ties to your soul. Your spirit is free. To learn and grow and receive food that only it can receive. Good living food. And we'll go back into the spirit, into the soul and the body. But it'll be different then. If you would like that experience, Hebrews 4.12. Just nod your head, raise your hand. It doesn't matter where you are. In a dream, multitasking. Mm-hmm. Father. All hands are all raised. Father, do a Hebrews 4.12 on all. Even if they didn't raise their hand. And they could only raise a pinky. They could just look up to you. You know their heart. You brought them. Do a Hebrews 4.12 on them. And set that spirit free of the captivity of the soul. And then let your words. That you are the father that loved them. And want to rebirth them. Bring them back into your family in the kingdom. Renew them and give them good food to eat spiritually and good water to drink so you may have holy communion. If any of you would like to join his family now that you're free of the soul, you are welcome. You don't have to do anything. Just speak in your own heart. Father, those that call out to you, that are reaching to you, Let them learn what Isaac had said in his poem. That love is real. It is here. Can heal them and touch them. That they all may live. Father, make it so. Fulfill Isaiah 61 and 62 in their lives. Fulfill verse 8 in their lives. That you will direct their paths and truths to you. To your work of believing in you. Father, they are your precious inheritance. Call them forth out of the kingdom of darkness. Right here in Satan's synagogue. Right here 
and the International Council of Brotherhood, Illuminati, right here on the global world leaders, right here in the parliaments, right here in their dreams and visions, right here in their little villages, on the hills and the things. Father, speak to everyone. Help them to allow you to direct their paths in truth, spiritually. Shine the light so they can come on home. In the name of Jesus, amen. All of you are so welcome. We missed you in the family and at all the meetings. We, we know it's been rough. And if any of you want to go visit him, you are welcome to go to the throne. You are welcome to stay here in the garden or to come to the garden out of the synagogue. Oh, you won't know the way, but Pastor Deborah will send some help to No, the demons cannot come through the gates in the throne. Some of you know you have demons and you want deliverance. That's no problem. Father, those that want deliverance from the demons in their spirit, your word says I have the authority and the power over them to cast them out and to loose their spirits from them. Father, make it so in the name of Jesus. Be free. Put them in their right spiritual minds and help heal their biological minds. Some of you need physical help, no problem. Father, begin this mighty healing revival of all these people. Bring the dead back to life. Those that the doctor said there's no hope for. Cure them and heal them so they will believe and have this experience. As Pastor Deborah's had it so many times. Direct their paths in believing in you. Use your power and your love to help them. And Father, we thank you for all you're doing. In the name of Christ Jesus, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, amen. Yeah, it's wonderful. What do we do now? We end this tape. Pastor Deborah's got a lot of other stuff to do. This is the end of part nine. I'll start part ten maybe in a couple of days. I got to get this one edited up, uploaded, all kinds of things for it. Will I come back? Yes. You can watch all the videos. You'll be in the spirit with me all the time. Yes. What else? You love me. Well. Thank you, but don't love me. I'm just the messenger. I just went so I could help people the Lord's way. This is not the way of the world. No, it's not. So enjoy. Let Him direct you. We still have some more to go on this part of verse 8 before we get to a real exciting one called the Everlasting Covenant. So first we have to get allow him to direct our paths in righteousness and in truth. Enjoy your freedom and your deliverance and your healing. And you come back again. And yes, I am going to teach on the strong man and we'll go through the book. I'm going to put that in setting the captives free. And in the basic course 
of the university. I'm just trying to finish up Isaiah 61, verse 8, and some audio books. I'm starting volume 3 of that. Got a lot to do in between cleaning up, resting, and um, because we've been through a hurricane time. You get it, it'll be passed. We had a lot of cleaning and sweeping and yard work. Got flooded, but that's all. I'm fine. I thank you for your prayers. So you be well. You enjoy your freedom. You enjoy letting him direct you. You don't have any Bibles, no problems. You can watch all the videos. The Bible is online, believe it or not, on YouTube. Word by word, there's Bible movies. There's audio. There's a lot online on YouTube. If you don't have internet and you don't have that access, look at nature. God will talk through the trees and the roses, the birds. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give your leaders wisdom. He'll give you dreams and visions to help you. He's not going to leave you without knowledge and truth. They didn't have the written word at first. They looked at the stars and God talked. They looked at the trees and the sheep and the goats. They looked at nature. Nature will express itself. You have to go watch one of my videos about a golden pine cone talking to me. It's excellent. Yes, pine cones talk. Yes, trees can talk. It's the, Everything you see here on the earth is a shadow of what's in the garden that's alive. No, there's no broken limbs. There's no mold. There's no bacteria. The pine cones we see out here, okay, they are brown, but the golden pine cone, who is the pattern, the image and likeness they're from. So what you see out here is a replica, a shadow, a duplicate of what's in the garden. But in all the storms, there's fire in the spirit. Believe me, God's got some fire. Okay, it's a consuming fire too. But you have to learn. You go slow. You guys are babies. Baby babies. Just learn that God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. And you are a king. But you're a child. You must be taught and learn for a long time. Who you are. What you're to do. What that identity is. About your authority and dominion and your power. Because he ain't going to release you. Like he has Pastor Deborah. So all of you be well today. And I'm glad you came. I'm glad I visited you in the synagogue of Satan. Over there in the councilman. We kind of stopped the meeting, didn't we? Yep. And we're here in the garden. I can be in many places at one time. I love all of you. And he loves all of you more than I do. Be well. Be happy. And I'll see you again on the next Isaiah 61. Verse 8. Should be part 10 video. Bye. Love everybody. See you again. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at 
Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.